Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. Hey, in fact, it is time for a second half now, and the doctors are in, and we are here. We just love doing this show. Uh, this is a show specifically designed for the 50-plus generation that includes all of the boomers and beyonders. In fact, I read a study recently that said there are 100 million of us uh, in that category, and our guest today is one of them, yes? <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> okay. The gray shows it. <laughs> That's right. Well, and people will recognize you, uh, your name, and or your appearance. Uh, they can't see you on radio, but we'll introduce you in just a minute, Ron. So I am Dr. Dan Critchett, your host for today, and along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And Denise, we keep doing these shows and just keep having a great time. We sure do. Our guests have been fantastic. Our topics have been good. Uh, even the questions have been good, right? Right. Yes, we ask good questions. That's our job. I, I tell people I don't have to know anything. I just uh, <laughs> find good guests and ask good questions, and Denise helps a lot with that. Well, it's the best social networking strategy in town. Yeah. We get to meet some of the most amazing people doing fantastic things in the whole Portland metro area. Well said. That's right. And I bet you have a good word for us for today. I do have a good word for us today. It's a it's a very small word in terms of its letters. There's only three. Okay. But as a concept, it is huge. You I ready? I like it. I'm ready. The word is man. 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 Well, mm-hmm. It leads right into our topic, but go ahead and share a little bit about that. Well, men in our society, Dan, they have taken a beating. They have taken a beating over over the last number of decades, and it's it's really time, past time, for us to redeem in our society mm-hmm. the idea of what it means to be a man. And uh, we need it. We need it for our young men and our young women to have a, an idea of what God's goal for manhood has been and here's what he has to say about it i'm just pulling it out of psalm 8 he says when i consider your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have ordained what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him for you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Mm. Yeah, little word, big topic, big concept. And we're going to try to squeeze a whole bunch of that into the time that we have. We have part one, uh, which will be on the air, and then we're going to uh, bridge over to uh, part two, which will be a podcast online. We are going to focus on men today because we have a pastor of men uh, from Cedar Mill Bible Church, uh, Ron Carlson. And Ron, I just want to uh, introduce you and say hello, and then I'll say a few more things about where we're going to go for this show. Great. Yeah, Good. thank you, know, you for it, coming. It's wonderful to be in a, in a paradox here with you two. two a do- paradox. Two doctors, a paradox. <laughs> Oh, uh, wow. I'm sure you've heard that, that before. Was but good, I just... oh, that was good, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, Ron is his same humorous self. I remember, Ron, watching you on K2 uh, Sports 
and uh, for a long time watched you. And we're going to tell more about you, but I want to set a little bit of a stage here. The uh, title of the, today's show is, How Can a Man Make a Difference in Today's World? And there's a lot that's going to go into that. We're going to have Ron, who is a pastor to men at Cedar Mill Bible Church, and uh, we're going to interact, too, with... Uh, Denise, who is a doctor of psychology and a practicing clinical psychologist and a woman. So she's going to bring in that side, the role of men in her life. And um, But I, uh, it's important for us to kind of lay this foundation, uh, Ron. I know you've heard some of our shows, and here you are in the studio, and I appreciate you coming. So we deal with five core topics uh, that we all deal with. Everything that we manage in a day or in a week or a year falls into one of these core topics, and we kind of circulate our guests and our topics to fit these. And um, those five core topics are home and family. Number two is health and wellness. Number three, budget and finances. Number four, heart and soul. And number five, work and purpose. And so uh, this topic for today definitely is going to fit into the heart and soul part. Um, or it could fit into the home and family part. See that what I was telling yeah, you about right. sometimes? It's, or the work and purpose even. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll uh, see where it fits after we get a little bit further down the road. Okay. But I, I do want to welcome you again, uh, Ron, because I remember seeing you. My dad always watched you. Uh, and when it was sports time at uh, 11 o'clock, Channel 2 was always the, uh, the go-to channel. And uh, gosh, it was Steve Dunn. Back then, wasn't it? Yeah, Steve. He's and still he's there. still doing still it. Still there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The ageless Steve Dunn. I know. <laughs> I know. And you did the sports, and my dad always thought you were the best. So. Oh, that's nice to hear. But thank you for coming, and welcome to Second Half Now. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to be here. I think you two do a very important program. We were talking about this earlier. That, right. Uh, previous generations really didn't live this long, and so they didn't really have a whole lot of history to look at for right. what to do with retirement. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you get to your 80s? Is your life over when you get to 65? Well, no. Right. Yeah, right. so this is important. Interesting you say it that way because I heard a report recently that um, the reason that 65 was uh, pegged as the retirement age, in fact, the Social Security uh, standard retirement age, is because the oldest person around was 65. And there weren't many wow. people that lived yeah, past that. Right. So, well, if you get to 65, we'll help you out for a few more months. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But now when you breeze past 65, you got, uh, you know, 20, 30 years to go. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so these other issues do. I mean, what is our role? How do we function? What about work? What about income? What about, you know, our our savings or our finances? Uh, the Wall Street Journal published a report a little bit ago that says that uh, 86% of us boomers would rather die than outlive our money. Mm. So, but we're not going to talk about dying or about money today. We're okay. going to talk about Good. men. Yes. Men. Yeah. So I'm going to get right into it because uh, I want you to tell a bit about your um, your role at Cedar, Cedar Mill Bible Church and um, as pastor to men. Help us understand kind of what your operation is. What do you do and what's, what's, what's your focus? What do you try to accomplish there in that ministry? Well, first off, let me just say that I'm really proud of our church for even having a position like pastor today yeah. because it's a very mm-hmm. rare thing. It is, you know? yeah. In the United States, there was a study recently that said only 2% of the churches in the United States have a designated pastor to men. Mm-hmm. Now, wow. I realize that's, you know, there's a lot of small churches who just don't have the staff for that, but there are plenty of churches that do and just decide... Well, we want to focus on children. That's important. Right. We want to focus on women. That's important. Men, uh, you know, we could probably get by without that. And that's kind of, unfortunately, the way things have gone here. And so, uh, yeah, for Cedar Mill to designate a pastor to men, I just am so proud of our congregation and elders for wanting to have that position and have it last. 
because most of the time when you do have a pastor to men, they might be around for a year or two, and then it just kind of fizzles out because so right. often it's event-driven. So I didn't answer your question yet, Dan, but I just wanted to get, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get that out there. And, no, and the, I like that. That's important. The, the role really is, is to encourage men in their walk. I mean, mm-hmm. on our website, we, we've uh, written down that our, our basic focus is no man left behind mm-hmm. and, and base that on, on the verse in Colossians one twenty eight, which says, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ, and so yeah. that's that's our goal, that's mm-hmm. our mission, that's our focus. It's it's a sort of a it's a military. It's borrowed from the military phrase too. Correct. My son is an yep. army ranger. Yep, absolutely. And uh, they never leave anybody behind, no matter what sacrifice or risk it takes. You always go and get that guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's one thing to say that; it's another thing to actually carry that out absolutely. in ministry, which is really challenging. Because, as one guy told me, when you get into the position, this position, it's like herding cats. Yeah, and and uh, it really can be that way because men are pretty elusive, very independent, mm-hmm. and very rarely want to admit they need help. Right. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. some of them would rather you leave them behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in this situation, you're you're absolutely right, Denise, and so that that makes it even more challenging because we're called to be shepherds to care for our flocks, and when the flock doesn't want to be cared for, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, you got a challenge on your hands. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your career in in uh, tv i don't want to dwell a whole lot on that but because um, you made a transition from uh, sports which is uh, pretty much a guy thing right at least perceived as such and uh but you felt a calling or had an opportunity or something happened and and then you made that switch probably five years before i left television mm-hmm. i just felt the lord calling me to something else and i didn't mm-hmm. know what it was so I, I kept pursuing these things and thinking, well, that's got to be it, that's got to be it. And it never really was because I'd hit a roadblock and then just wouldn't want to push through it. But mm-hmm. we'd been attending Cedar Mill since 1979. And about a year before I left Channel 2, uh, one of the men on staff there approached me and said, you ought to take a look at our pastor to men position. I thought, wow, that would really be something. And, and uh, it really started, it, it became something, Dan and Denise, where I felt like I was on a wave that I could not and did not want to get off. That's mm-hmm. how I felt like the Holy Spirit was just really drawing me toward this position. Yeah. And I think it took them a long time on the staff there to really think, are you serious? You really want to do this? And it took seven inter- interviews with the elders before I think they finally thought I was serious. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so they finally, they finally offered me the job in May of 2007, and that's when I, I told Channel 2 that I was ready to go. And it was the same day the news director called me in uh, and and offered me a new contract for a couple more years. It was really tempting to look at that, see what that offer was, but I, I told him, no, I was really committed to, to leaving wow. and going to Channel 2, or not, I mean to Cedar Mill. Yeah. yeah. You know, that in itself yeah. is worth taking a moment and looking at. There it is. The world is saying, here's something. Mm-hmm. Here's something here. Here's a little bit more of what you've really been enjoying. Right. When you like a little bit more, you sure you want to take make that switch up? That's a pretty p- important moment for you. What was going on that you were able to, at this time, not drop this thing that had come up and go for this new contract? First of all, let me say that it, it's it's not a matter of thinking that once the Lord calls you, you need to get out of the job you have. Because a lot of men are ministering right where they're at, and I could have kept ministering, I would think, I hope, that at Channel 2. Um, but in this case, it was just something where I just felt a real strong calling. 
and uh, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. Mm -hmm. So when, when that comes, a pastor told me that one time, if you can't imagine yourself doing anything else but that, then that's the right thing for you to do. Yeah. But it took five years. And I think you're making a, a valid point here is that sometimes if we're talking to, to men uh, who are listening now who might be starting to feel something like that, a mm -hmm. draw to something or away from something, and uh, they don't uh, you know, get an inclination and then tell the boss that they quit, they have to wait for it to fill out a little bit and become a little bit more clear, a little bit more compelling perhaps. So, and that's a good point. And for you, five years. For some, it, it might be shorter. Some, it right. might be longer. But right. that's a good uh, place for us to, to put that marker and say, men, if you are sensing that God wants to use you someplace else, doing something else, then uh, stay open, stay listening, keep praying, uh, keep gathering around with other men and with your family, and um, just begin to uh, to be open and to to listen to that even more and watch as things develop. So I imagine there was some sort of a progress of events. I mean, your multiple interviews and and the confirmation or affirmation of that calling came became stronger. Right. I think you. you're making a really good point, Dan. It's not a matter of wanting to get away from something that becomes more important. Right. It's a matter of what are you going to. Right. Mm. And if my focus would have just been, I've got to get out of here, I wouldn't made it, maybe would have jumped at the first thing that came along. Right. So, yeah, it may be taking a lot of patience to hang in there and perseverance. And, Lord, why, why isn't something happening in my timetable? But I'm certainly yeah. mm -hmm. glad that uh, he had me wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have probably had a heart for service for a period of time because I know you have music. Um, you play a flugelhorn and a trumpet. Do right. I have that Not correct? Not at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Not at the same time. Really? And <laughs> I've seen that done, but I'm not able to do that. <laughs> and you didn't bring them to the studio. No, no, no. I was hoping for a little, you know, uh, live uh, performance. Well, if you brought in a band to back me up, that would have been okay. But a no. solo trumpet, you know, it, it sounds a lot better with a bass and a guitar right, and drums right. behind a piano. Yeah. Okay, so you, you had a heart for service, a heart for ministry. Why a ministry to men? I mean, I know maybe you saw that they were starting to look and that resonated. But now that you're further down the road and you've been in that position for a period of time now, uh, what is it about this ministry to men that appeals to you that that really kind of charges you that this is what you want to do, what you feel called to? Well, fortunately, I was one already. So that <laughs> yes, kind of helped. That helps. Yeah. And then the other thing was just starting to watch something that Denise had brought up earlier in our discussions before we started. And that that was the deterioration of the man in mm -hmm. our society. Yeah. Uh, starting to and being in the business world for 31 years and watching the pressures that men were under mm. and seeing what has happened over the decades as far as what makes a man feel significant. I think right. many, many decades ago, what made a man feel significant was being a good father and a good husband. And now I see in culture, it seems like what makes a man feel significant is his career and what he does with his leisure time. Mm -hmm. So the family's suffering. And manhood is not what it used to be as far as what we tell our young boys they should right. be shooting for when they grow up. Right. So watching that, and you could just see it in our commercials. I would see him every day on the station. Mm -hmm. what, what, how is a man depicted in commercials? Well, he's the willy weeky who can't get himself a Kleenex. Honey, can you get mm -hmm. me a Kleenex? I've got a cold. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's the guys portrayed as just stupid, ineffective. That's right. And, and no strength whatsoever mm -hmm. as far as leadership skills are concerned. So that's part of what really drew me to it, just being a man in that culture and wanting mm -hmm. to encourage guys, no, Men, God calls you to be the head of your household. God calls you to love your wife, to be a good dad. Don't run away from that, right. even though society draws you away from it. Wow. 
uh, men can hear that calling and can uh, can know that that's what is being presented to them through you or through the other ministries at the church or elsewhere. Um, what was the uh, the national movement of men? It was the big gatherings. Oh, the, the Promise Keepers. Promise group? Keepers, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. we get all stirred up. Uh, but it's hard. I mean, if if they're acting like cats and yeah. don't want to be herded or even shepherded. So, Ron, what are some of the challenges that you face in, in trying to offer what you do to men and try to gather them in ways that will be supportive and encouraging for achieving the that um, the man's role that, that you envision? Well, I think what we fell into first, which is, I think, a, a challenge for many, many uh, groups and churches is that uh, it tends to be event oriented. Right. And uh, so we put on all these events to, to get guys attracted, but w- without something to push them to beyond that, it just falls flat. And there so, are things other than events, and we're going to hear about those right after the break. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Interest rates are still down, and that means the time to buy is right now. Let 24-7 Properties help you find the right house for your current needs. Jeff and his team, they take the time to get to know you and your unique situation to find the home that's just right for you. Search for available homes online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's talk about the type of property you are interested in purchasing. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030. All right, before we uh, get back to our discussion with, uh, with Ron Carlson, 
Uh, we want to acknowledge our sponsors and partners who are so, we're so blessed to have them and they're wonderful people and they are tried and trusted, I'll put it that way, mm-hmm. because we know all of them and we highly respect their services and uh, they have a code of ethics that they go by and we just uh, totally appreciate them. So um, in our list of sponsors, and we'll read some other ones on uh, part two because we're getting a long list here, um, and... Um, Denise, you were gonna you you wanted to uh, tell us about these folks. Well, sure. We've got some uh, new ones being added all the time, and one of them we want to certainly draw your attention to is Your Safe Money Solutions with Toby. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Talk about years of experience. Mm-hmm. Then we also have Dan, the Mortgage Man, and First Priority Financial. Dave Rutan with Waddell and Reed Financial Advisors. Dream Trips. Portland City Acupuncture, The Next Phase Coaching, and Beaverton Family Chiropractic. And, you know, with with, uh, Beaverton Family Chiropractic, we're not talking about your standard chiropractic office. Absolutely. Here we're talking about something called Maximized Living. It's a fantastic program, and I encourage our listeners to check it out. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you again to our sponsors and partners. So, Ron, we were uh, kind of in the middle of talking about um, getting into uh, a man's head and helping him to understand the how critically important it is that he owns his manhood and, and does the kinds of things that he is uniquely created and called to do. So let's get back into that. And okay. you, you were going to say something else. Okay. Yeah. Well, at, at first, like we said, we had a very event-driven uh, ministry, right. which uh, doesn't last for long if there's not some substance and, and, and funneling men into something else. And so uh, we've recently taken very seriously the Great Commission, which is which is Jesus, of course, saying, go and make disciples. There's two action points there, go hmm. and mm-hmm. make. So uh, we have decided it's, it's hard work. It's slow work. It doesn't it doesn't flash like an event does. But our men's leadership team, which I have nine other guys who, who meet with me once a month and are really, really supportive and, and encouraging, uh, two months ago we said, hey, it's up to each one of us to be discipling somebody to start setting the, the example here. So we each prayed and asked the Lord to send us a man to disciple. And sure enough, over 30 days, each one of these guys had a man to disciple. Mm-hmm. And so that's the groundwork that we're trying to set. It's important that men get discipled. What right. does that mean? What is a disciple? Well, he's somebody who wants to learn. Somebody wants to follow Jesus, and somebody wants to reproduce. If we're not reproducing, we're stagnant. Right. So those are the things that we really feel are important now going forward to, to get our men rolling. I think it's such a good point that it's not about uh, the gatherings, because uh, life change doesn't happen in an auditorium or in a stadium. It, it might start something, sure. it might alert something, it might move a man, but when he gets home and has to mow the lawn and uh, discipline the kids or whatever else, you know, then it's uh, it's a different story because it's you're talking long term. So, right. and I think from the from that pressure perspective, men have a lot of pressures on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that you know going out playing the weekly game of golf or getting together for breakfast with with the guys. For a while, I can see where the wife at home might be saying, yeah, I really like that, honey. I think that's great. But I think she's looking for that to go deeper, too. Sure. And when it becomes a way for the husband to go out and have a good time, I can hear the voices and the women's heads going, well, I want to go. And mm-hmm. then it becomes a potential source of conflict, and we'll see the end of that activity 
relatively soon. Mm. Whereas I believe if what the women are seeing is that their men are connecting with other men and is having an impact on how he is at home with the family, I think they might climb behind that activity and be part of the encouragement the church needs for those men to go deeper. And I don't think a lot of our men realize how important their role is right now. Right. And we touched on this earlier, but I'd like to bring this up. There was a, a study done by the, believe it or not, the Swiss government, which you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect would be one who would doing some ch- be doing some church research. But in 2000, they did a study and revealed this, basically, that it's the religious practice of the father of the family that above all determines the future attendance or absence from church of the children. In short, if a father does not go to church, no matter how faithful his wife's devotions, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. If a father does go regularly, regardless of the practice of the mother, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will become churchgoers. Now, that right there is impressive My to me. My goodness. As far as how important it is for the that man right. to take the role seriously right. to be the head of the household. There's right. some impact. And, and what all did he have to do to get that impact? Did you say go to church? Well, just just set the example of going to church, right. making it important, yeah. right. and the kids will follow suit most most of the time. What if what if in addition he went to church and discipled a young man? There you go. What, what would the statistics do then? Yeah. That is incredible, yeah. Ron. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're understanding how powerful the role of men is, and that is perhaps a reason why the enemy works against that right. because we have things as men our guy things that make us sort of resistant to some of the stuff, uh, Ron, that you're trying to offer. And uh, not because there's anything deficient in what you're offering, but we've got an enemy working against Absolutely. us. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I want to get into some of that, some of the guy things uh, that we, so we can identify, you know, what it is that causes a man uh, to sort of resist or be reluctant or not be, you know, not participate in everything and not even feel like he wants to or needs to. So, uh, But we're going to cover that on part two because we're going to get over to uh, the, the podcast on the other okay. side here. So, And we're going to have to, because I told you time was going to go fast, but then <laughs> you know that because you've been in media for a yeah. long, long time. Uh, you probably had a certain number of minutes that you had for the sports report every every night. Yeah, right? I get down to just two and a half minutes by the time I left, crammed the whole sports day into two and a half minutes. So, wow. yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys have a, a wonderful, ex- expansive time to work with. You we do, yeah. And the title for today's show is How Can a Man Make a Difference in Today's World? And I think we're getting into that very good. In uh, shows coming up, we have um, a group called Every Marriage Matters, which is a wonderful uh, address for married couples. And we have another one, our new uh, one of our new sponsors, Your Safe Money Solutions. And I like that. I'm hardly, uh, hardly wait to have Toby in here. And we have a pastor from Kenya who has planted 60 churches in five African countries. He's going to be coming in and talking about his work. That's pretty exciting. All this and more. At Second Half Now. So you can hear all of our shows on our podcast at secondhalfnow.com. Plus, if you want to uh, ask a question or get some uh, contact with Ron Carlson, you can fill out our contact page on our website and send that in and we'll get it over to him. So we want to encourage you to tune in every Monday evening, 530 to 6 p.m. right here on KKPZ 1330. And then, of course, you want to go and find the uh, part two and all the podcasts over on our website. And, of course, that's available 24-7 around the clock and around the world, secondhalfnow.com. 
If you have program suggestions or have a guest that you'd like to hear or a topic you'd like to be covered, uh, by all means, uh, send us one of those contact forms from our website. And for today's show, if you'd like to get a free CD, call us at the station, 503-242-1950. That's it for part one. Uh, We're going to get out of here, but go over to part two on the website. See ya. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Christian and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And welcome to part two of the show that uh, we are calling How a Man Can Make a Difference in Today's World. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And uh, this is part two. It's available only online on a podcast, uh, also, but uh, searchable by Google, YouTube, iTunes. uh, We're out there all over the place. So we are in studio today with Ron Carlson, who is pastor to men at Cedar Mill Bible Church. And if you haven't heard part one of this show, you want to go back and listen to that. I introduced Ron as uh, my familiar sports guy because he uh, did the <laughs> Channel 2 uh, sports report, sports anchor, I guess. Is, is that the right thing? So uh, I want to welcome you again, Ron, and thank you for being here on Second Half Now. My pleasure. Ron, you know, when we were ending the on-air portion, you gave a statistic that was so powerful, and it was the the difference it makes in a family when it is the man that the father, the head of the family that is attending church and engaged in church life. But at the same time, you said that, that as a minister to men, it is a very difficult ministry. Can you help us with that? How do you do that then? What are some of the um, obstacles that you run up against, and, and how do you navigate that, that challenge? Well, fortunately, I've got the Lord to uh, guide me in some of these things because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I was well, working, I just relaxed. Okay, <laughs> that's how he got the job. He says, "What do you know about men's ministry?" Exactly. He says, "I don't know I don't much." Know a oh, thing. You're hired. Yeah, that's right. When they brought me in, they said, "Well, let's see. What do you have as far as uh, experience in this area? None. Uh, how about uh, the Bible degree that you have? No, don't have one. So yeah, that that was a very impressive <laughs> resume I brought in. <laughs> but there was something about you that they did like." and they wanted you in that position? Well, I, when I first became a believer, when I was 24 years old, my first mm-hmm. intent, I thought, was to go into the ministry, and then the Lord directed me into broadcasting for 31 years instead, but he eventually got me there. Yeah. Look at that. Round, so, yeah. Round yeah. About, well, you know, boy. Moses was out there with the sheep for yeah, a long time, yeah, too. Yeah, right. So <laughs> right. it didn't take me 40 years, at least 31. But yeah, no. I, so I, I think the advantage of it was I think a lot of guys at least know that I've been in their shoes in many regards as far as 
being in the business world mm-hmm. and, and understanding some of the pressures that a family man faces while trying to keep your career rolling. Um, but to, to get to your point, um, I, I just see guys are very, very busy right. and very, very lonely. I mean, Thoreau was the one who said most men lead, lead lives of quiet desperation, and I really right. sense that because guys uh, feel isolated in many respects. Um, our independence naturally kind of leads us into isolation, but mm-hmm. when we get isolated, we're easily picked off, and and uh, and the enemy's looking for the guys who get away from the pack, and, mm-hmm. and it's easy to pick right. them off. So. Right. Um, my hope is that we can get guys back into God's word. Um, Dallas Willard uh, has written many great books, but one of them in the divine conspiracy, he said um, it's essential that men get extensive solitude and silence for their basic growth, growth of their human spirit. And I, I don't know about you guys, but our world's so busy and so noisy that the thought of being silent before God mm-hmm. is, is a real foreign thing mm-hmm. to many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- we worked on that. We had one, uh, one series we had, which we called, uh, time at Jesus, just adventures at Jesus feet. We brought the guys in for a half an hour or an hour on Tuesday mornings and gave them a couple of topics and the place was quiet. And some of these guys went nuts. They couldn't take it. But the guys who stood in there and, and stuck with it, you know, found some real beautiful time with the Savior that they'd never experienced mm-hmm. before. So just getting guys into God's Word, getting them to start to trust that God is there for them and can help them lead mm-hmm. their family. Uh, that's what we need to be together for and encouraging mm-hmm. each other about. Because mm-hmm. by, by ourselves, we're not going to get that encouragement or find that. Yeah. You know, and I think about it's been wonderful being married because you get a up-close and personal look at what, manhood looks like Mm. operating in the world right Mm. and so i really appreciate learning things from my husband but one of the things that makes me like oh isn't that interesting is the difference with with women we we lean on each other so that we can talk to each other about the things going on and and hear someone else say oh i know what you mean and resonate with us but one of the things I've learned with my husband is to do that puts you at risk. Mm-hmm. With men, that's a hierarchical thing. You go before, with another guy and talk about the things going on, that puts you in a weakened, one-down position, which who wants that? Right, right, yeah. And that is, an, I think that as women, we don't really get that without men helping us to understand that. Yeah, you look in the book of Ephesians, and what are the two things that are mentioned there between husband and wife? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. So the respect piece is really important for men, the Mm -hmm. reputation, the respect. Mm -hmm. And if that gets challenged, if we're not in a safe environment, um, then then it's going to be very difficult to open up at all. Right, so that seems to say in order to for men to be able to build close relationships with other men, there has to be a community of respect that's established within them that will allow them to do what comes so naturally for women. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's a real key because I think the respect, just like the love for the wife, needs to be unconditional. Mm-hmm. The respect, even guy to guy, needs to be unconditional right. because you're saying a couple of things that I think are really important. One is uh, we're very busy, and another is that uh, uh, we need to have time alone or quiet time to really listen to God and to to seek His ways. And uh, the the challenge with that is for men, their busyness is their identity. 
if it's their job or their position mm-hmm. or their activities or whatever else. Um, well, how have you been lately, Bill? Oh, yeah. I've been really busy, which sounds like uh, it must be important. That's the thing to do, yeah. And that's yeah. great. Yeah. That's yeah. important for you. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think another thing, and I'll say this as a man, um, that I, one of the things that causes us, or me anyway, to shy away from some of these other kind of a group things or men together things is that uh, it takes a lot of transparency or vulnerability so, I mean, I like to be respected as a man, but if they know, if somebody else knew how I really was, mm-hmm. I might forfeit that respect. Exactly. And so there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a fear there, a little bit of a, you know, because that respect is not always unconditional. Exactly. So if I say too much or I say act mm-hmm. a certain way, then you're not going to respect me anymore. Right. right. Correct. So yeah. that leads me to the question about how you, uh, whether you've done it or not, or what you perceive in terms of an active men's ministry how do you overcome some of those mm-hmm. things and help men uh, have enough drive and desire for spiritual growth or growth in their roles, you know, at work and home and as a husband or father or whatever? To and and maybe some sports metaphors will draw back on your uh, your previous career. Are there some things that you know, like you know, whether it's the touchdown or what you know, whatever it is, or training or practice or coaching? What kinds of things go into a, a meaningful men ministry so that you can overcome some of the reluctance that men have to be vulnerable and to understand that they have needs, you know, in their in their spiritual dimensions of their life? Well, I think Jesus gave us a great example with his twelve disciples. Mm. If he was the coach, they were the players. He showed them how to live. Right. And I think uh, our goal, as best we can try and and and, and live it, is to uh, to learn to live life if Jesus were me. If I can, if I can be the coach to lead my men into thinking that that's the way to live, guys, mm-hmm. and be vulnerable and transparent myself, uh, you, you've played sports, Dan. Uh, you know, we've all played sports, right? So, uh, a lot of times the coach is the one who sets the tone for that. Right. And if the coach is a uh, is a caring, compassionate guy who you respect, you're going to want to be that same way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Jesus to me, if we lead like Jesus did as best we can, I think men will, will be attracted to that and want to follow that. Not easy to do, obviously. None of us are going to be that way, yeah. but, but that's the goal. And maybe a lot of it is uh, simply a matter of character, a matter of how we behave like men. It's mm-hmm. it's not so much um, you know some of the things that the women love to do, like you were saying, Denise. That they you know women tend to c- c- gather together and exchange and their feelings about things and what's going on and, you know, all that stuff. And men don't tend to be that way. You know, it's, it's interesting you would say that because as a psychologist and one who has, I have directed a counseling center where I have had six interns working with me, some of them men, some of them women. And when our men make it through the obstacles that it takes to get through the door of a counseling center is really interesting. More often than not, they will prefer a female counselor. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've come to understand that, that that is, we can be a little more vulnerable with, with mom or our sisters or our, we can lean into that side of us a little bit and make a connection there. Now, there are some men that come in that know full well that the issues that they're addressing, they're really only going to be able to satisfactorily address those if they're talking to another man. But I I think that it actually comes with the comfort level that 
they start with the women first and mm. will graduate to being able to be vulnerable with a man. Mm. Good insight. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. I think it's maybe what I was raised with, too. If I had an issue at home, I'd probably go to mom first, and then dad would step in if, if mom couldn't handle it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and even then, mom's going to lay the, the groundwork a little mm-hmm. bit. She's going to help dad understand what the issue is here from her perspective because it's her little boy, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. my little yeah. boy from yeah. dad. <laughs> Even though he's my husband, that's my little boy. And so we get into that mediator sort of role and bridge, bridge the gap. So it, but all to say for us women... It's very important for us to understand how to do that because it's different than our little girls. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder, Ron, if you're maybe communicating to us that you would say to the men listeners um, that it's okay. It's okay to let down a little bit. It's okay to to uh, want to grow spiritually. It's okay to want to improve in my character as God continues to shape me and mold me and make me the man that he created me to be so that I can do the things that he calls me to do. And uh, maybe you know, men who are listening could say, okay, well, there is something there, and I do want to, I do want to grow. I do want to take my responsibilities seriously. And it doesn't have to be scary. Right. So you right. can go all go to Cedar Mill and call Pastor Ron, <laughs> and uh, he'll make you feel comfortable. You know, somebody <laughs> asked this question the other day, and I thought it was really a good one. If you died today, would there be six close friends who would carry your casket? Mm. And I think that's a really, really good question. Wow, because yeah. um, a lot of us men maybe would have maybe one if we're lucky, mm. two if we're really fortunate, mm-hmm. but six— and I think most of us men have a tendency to have a lot of relationships that are very shallow, mm-hmm. but not very many that are deep. Well, don't you want to have somebody who really knows you and cares about you and can ask mm-hmm. those questions that everybody else might be afraid to ask? Yeah. And wouldn't you want to share that with somebody else? Why do we want to be so secretive? Why right. is that something that we just want to hold on to so much and don't want anybody else to really know us? Yeah. I, want guys, I, want, I want another guy or two to really know me. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I want the same for you, and I want the same for these guys to go to our church because um, relationships are important. God is not just one; He's three. Right. Obviously, He thinks relationship is important. Right, too. right, right. Well, and and you know, it's one of my favorite topics because, as we've talked about in the, on this show before, He made us that way. Mm-hmm. He made us to not do well at all as human beings if we are not into. Con- Intricately <laughs> connected right, right. to other people have you throughout been around, our lifespan. Have you ever been around somebody who's been away from society for a while? Yeah, right. They get weird, yeah, right. really weird. Yeah. Right. In yeah. fact, yeah. in fact, as for a psychologist, what we see is is isolation will lead people to lose their grip on mm. reality. Mm-hmm. They'll really actually lose their ability to separate what is real and what's going on in their head. Mm. And yeah. that is a really dangerous so do place you, for them to be. Yeah, And I, I get that. In fact, we were talking about, uh, Denise and I, you know, we were talking about uh, the typical profile of the mass shooters that are in oh, the news these days. Right. Mm. Almost always they're loners, they're right. isolated, they're, mm-hmm. they feel alone, they have a low self-esteem and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Ron, do you uh, do you make a um, uh, how do I want to say a, a um, specific effort to help men 
uh, find friends and build friendships in your ministry? And would you recommend that for other churches, whether they have a, a men's pastor or not? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. think I think that's just a key thing, Dan. Uh, we've we've got guys who uh, you know who, who we set up at our some of our men's retreats. We'll say, "Who wants to be mentored?" All right, guys, and here's some guys who are willing to mentor you. Now, the matchup of mentoring doesn't usually work real well if I say, "Dan, you go with Jim right. or whatever." Mm-hmm. But if you see another guy that you think that that's the kind of guy that I would like to be like, mm-hmm. you know, he's 20 years down the road from me, mm-hmm. he's got yeah. life experience that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take the courage to ask that mm-hmm. guy if, if he'd be willing to mentor you? And, and the older guys in our audience, is there a young guy in your church or congregation who you go, you know, that's, that's me 20 years mm-hmm. ago, or we've got mm-hmm. some affinity. We like to fish or we like to golf or right. approach him. Ask him if, if, if uh, it wouldn't be okay if you spent a little time together. You know, this discipleship thing we can make into something really scary, but basically it's just, can we get together over coffee? Can I start asking you some questions? Yeah. And, sharing some things in my mm-hmm. life that I didn't do well that I would like to see you be able to avoid. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have right. to care. Yeah, it's you hanging know, out. Yeah, Exactly right. right. And, and I love Hebrews. That mm. has just been such a fun book to get into. Um, I think it's Hebrews. It might Now I might be confusing myself. But where the scripture is where it talks about how our young people are still all hung up trying to understand things like sanctification and mm. and and the doctrines and what scripture says is that's the milk of life, of mm-hmm. of it all that's yeah. milk the meat is to mature through suffering <laughs> yay doesn't that sound great but that's what it's about it is going through the difficulties of life and the older generation we are supposed to be there helping the young people make sense out of the difficulties of life and hold on to those doctrines in the meantime and so i am so so enthusiastic about what could happen if more men are doing what you're doing, and, and that is encouraging the older men to mentor the younger men mm. and encouraging the mentor younger men to have the courage. Mm. I thought that was really important. They need to have the courage to open up their lives and let someone else speak into right. it. And I think we want to address the so that question, and that is, so a man is mature in character and uh, you know biblical knowledge or spiritual growth and, and so forth. That's not an end in itself. Is a means to an end. What's that so that? What do we want the men to actually be and to do as they're on that journey of spiritual growth? And we're going to get to that with Ron Carlson from Cedar Mill Bible Church right after the break. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. 
And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, And we're back. We want to give a big shout-out to uh, the three sponsors that you just heard about on the uh, the little spot ads there. But we also want to... Mention and raise the flag for Media Marketing with Randy Sanford, Northwest Web Creation Company, Legal Shield and ID Shield uh, with Eric uh, Cummings, Eastside Printing, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, this here now radio station, Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest, and Serving Our Neighbors. That list keeps growing. We're going to have to do something about that. So uh, we're going to get right back into it. Ron, I was asking, uh, we were talking about... um, about men and the the, the um, it's okay to grow spiritually. It's okay to be a little bit transparent, but to see that your character can grow and so forth. And, and uh, I was thinking about, uh, before we went to the break, and I asked you during the break, you know Al Egg, right. who are our mutual friend, and he's the chaplain for the Portland Trailblazers. And his ministry for, gosh, it's been... Tw- oh, a long time. 25, yeah. 30 years, I forget. Uh, he was here in the studio uh, uh, a number of months ago. But the name of his ministry is Beyond Victory, and there's a message even in that title. Mm-hmm. So you guys can go out and win the game. You can either go to the playoffs, and you can win the NBA Finals. But what's beyond that? And so let me ask it in this way, whether it's a sports uh, metaphor or not, what is winning that really counts for a man? It's not just on the court. So what is it? where a man can feel like he has achieved something, has accomplished something, has fulfilled his calling and, and his purpose? What does winning look like for a man from your perspective as a pastor to men? Well, I think if you, and I know you've been there with, with men before, Dan, on their deathbed, and if you were to ask a man what was the thing that he wished he would have spent more time doing yeah. at the point of his life, he probably wouldn't have said, I wish I would have spent more time at work, I wish I would have reach that uh, sales goal that I, that I never hit. He's probably going to most likely say if he's caring heart uh, after God's own heart, uh, he's going to probably say, I wish I would have spent more time investing in people. 
Uh, I wish I yep. would have spent more time in relationship. Right. So I think that's the that's the part of what we touched about uh, touched on in the earlier show was uh, go make a disciples. Jesus told us and exa- and set that example that the most important thing we can do is being fruitful in passing along and leaving a legacy of caring and planting seeds in other people. We may not see them all come to harvest, but mm-hmm. at least make the effort to plant the seed. Maybe can you fill out that vision a little bit more? Because I know all of us men, we function in different roles mm-hmm. and different categories of our culture and our life, uh, you know, family and church and work and neighborhood and so forth. Can you say a little bit more about what we could really own as a as an objective or as a goal or as something to strive for? What is it uh, about us men and the ones that are listening uh, that we can say, you know what, that's that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. I want to pursue that and my spiritual growth and my seeking the Lord and listening to Him on a regular basis. That's what's going to help me get to that. I, I know I probably asked several questions in there, but <laughs> just pick one. All right. <laughs> well, getting alone with God, obviously, is where I would start. I mean, yeah. we're all going to be told different things, I think, as far as how, how that uh, being fruitful plays out for each one of us. Uh, there was a man I heard about who was in his 80s and asked that question of God, and God just said, I want you just to start knocking on doors in the neighborhood. Well, 15 years later at his death at 95, there were 300 new members who attended his church as wow. a result of him just knocking on doors and saying, yeah. would you like to join me for church on Sunday? Yeah. Wow. So that was the fruitful thing for him. Yeah. It may be something totally mm-hmm. different for you. Yeah. But uh, but you know, it's. I think George Eliot had this quote, which I thought was so great. It's never too late to be who you might have been. I like that. And yeah. and you you may right now be thinking, my life has just not amounted to much, but it's never too late. Mm. Ask the Lord what that might be for you and go pursue it with all that you can and, right. and see what he does with, with your efforts. Right. And I like that, particularly in the, uh, in the context of our uh, age, because if we are in our 60s, we still have, uh, you know, statistics tell us in longevity research that we still have 30 years to go. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to sit down in the lounge chair and watch daytime TV. A little football, a little sports, and now and then it's okay. Turn on uh, this radio show once in a while. That's nice. right. Yeah. Once in a while, <laughs> yes. Uh, now, did you tell me when we were talking on the phone the other day, uh, was it that your dad is still active? My dad is 90 and still yeah. attending Rotary meetings and encouraging yeah. men, and mom's having her 86th birthday this week. They've been married for... My goodness, 67 years. Wow. Well, happy so, birthday. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mom, way to go. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. They, they're still staying very active and very healthy and pouring into other people's lives. Yeah. And I like the way that you put that pouring mm-hmm. into other people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. critical. So, the There's men. There's a magic in that, that until you experience that, mm-hmm. it just sounds like foolishness, as the Bible says, yeah. doesn't it? That yeah. what makes. Us joyous as Christians is foolishness to the world. Pour yourself into somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know, Denise, that you are creating opportunities for that to happen at your church, and I really appreciate that because it's hard. I mean, Ron was saying find somebody that you might, you know, like to be able to share some things with. And, you know, for a guy, that's hard to step out and do that on either end of that uh, age spectrum. But at your church, you are creating those opportunities and looking for other men, older men, who can uh, come alongside some of the uh, young people that you're working with at your congregation. Well, absolutely, and I believe what you said, Ron, is so important in terms of, sure, we can put the events out there, and we try to do a lot of, uh, put a lot of events out there, but Mm. until that we have 
um, other adults our age that are willing to step up, men and women, and st- and put the hand out and help pull these young people into our adult world and help them find their place in it. Mm-hmm. That's what where I see the need and why what you have to say resonates so strongly yeah. with me today. And we at Second F now are finding ways also to make those kinds of connections and, and make that part of our mission and part of our calling because there are a lot of men out there who would love to be able to do that. They don't know where, they don't know who, they don't know how to start, and we want to create those connections. And I'm looking at uh, Engineer Roger over there, and he's holding up a sign. <laughs> we are out of time. Uh, but before we wrap up, I want to get to one question that we did talk about before, and that is we are talking really to um, half of our audience uh, because it's it's the men that we're talking to and about. But uh, for many men, there's another partner, there's a, there's a wife, or there's a, another female relationship, a friend or family member, or there's um, uh, maybe if, if a mother is listening who has younger boys, what can a woman do to help create the opportunities for this for this very thing to to grab this as a goal? Uh, you know, how can a how can a wife or another female relative or a mom, you know, make these things possible uh, in a man's life? Boy, I don't pretend to have all, all the answers to that, Dan. But I, I would just start with probably something very basic. Will you pray for your man? Will you pray mm-hmm. for the man in your life? Mm-hmm. And then will you follow that up with encouragement to yeah. let him know that you support him? You know, that's one thing. When I became decided I wanted to take on a pastor's role, wow, if my wife didn't want to be a part of that, right. that wouldn't have been very successful. Right. You know, so Lynn was right. re- very gracious. And support, saying, that I'm, was yeah, the key I'm, word, I'm willing, yeah. Yeah, I'm willing right. to support you in this. Because yeah. mm-hmm. being a pastor's wife isn't an easy thing either. So right. uh, anyway. I just I would say prayer and encouragement would be huge. Thank you. Yeah. And I know Denise, you probably have an insight not only being a woman and a mother of grown uh men and a wife and a psychologist uh in about 30 seconds can you uh, wrap up that topic? I know you can preach a sermon for about <laughs> I'm just I'm going to I'm going to turn it all back around and say I'm not I don't have much to add to what Ron just said except that from the female perspective it can be hard for us because we like to do it this way and that way and we've got things all figured out and we can be we can be pretty critical we and and we can have this idea that our way is the best way and we accuse men of that all the, all of the time but 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 we have our own ideas about how the w- world should look and one of the things that i really appreciate about being married is to and to be a mother of sons is to see what happens when i tick, stick my tongue between my teeth for a minute and then change my mind and find a way to ask my question make my statement mm-hmm. in a way that's either neutral or positive right. and encouraging mm-hmm. and it makes a great big mm-hmm. difference and i'm the one that benefits from yeah that. right and your words are key and i think every woman should hear that that the words that you use in speaking to and about your husband or your son or your brother very very critical yeah. so ron carlson cedar mill bible church pastor to men thank you very much for coming in it's been great to have you on second half now today thank you for the opportunity it was great hanging out with both of you it's been great thank you i have a feeling we just got started can you come back again if you'd invite me back yeah I'll all right back. now that you know how to find the yeah. station <laughs> up thinking? in the fog here <laughs> <laughs> will we invite him back uh, we'll flip a coin all right it's been great uh, that great is it for us today you want
want to be sure to catch us live on the radio, 5.30 to 6 p.m. on KKPZ 1330. That's on the radio, and uh, not everything is radio-driven these days, uh, but we're also on podcasts, and you can find us on the website, just like you found part two at secondhalfnow.com. So that's it for us today. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, may God help you live a life that honors Him and blesses others. So let's meet again right here on our website or live next Monday, 5.30 on the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.